0: morning. How, oh, that was good for the first time. I'm impressed. You should have to do it a couple times to get everybody warmed up. So we're ready to go, aren't we? Welcome to all our guests. We're honored that you're here this morning. Um, we have a testimony we want to open with this morning. Um, Sandra, last Sunday at worship, those of you that were here may have noticed Sandra came up to the altar during worship. And um, she wants to share what happened to her at the altar
1: going to start with a scripture um, that has really been on my heart for a while because I questioned. question I what happened to me this last week I, I want to understand more well this scripture has really just for the past few months has really been has spoke to me um, some sat in darkness in utter darkness prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the most high so he subjected them to the bitter labor they stumbled and there was no one to help then They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. And um, I just want to read one more thing that I read where it said, talks about how in each case in Psalm 107 that was a scripture I read where goodness where they were overwhelmed they were overwhelmed with a problem they could not solve they cried out to God in prayer he answered their prayer with provision and then there was an exhortation to praise God and I had to come to the end of myself and cry out to him I was at that point we drove up last sunday and i just i had been very um i had been gripped with fear in every part of my life i had let it make every decision in my life just gripped with fear it affected my relationships it affected my relationship with my children my husband i was start arguments and i just i was just gripped with fear in every area but i just i'm crying out to god i can't live like this anymore i can't do this anymore i was ready to leave i um, already said I said, I just want to leave. I just want to leave. We drove up into the parking lot. I said, I just want to leave. I don't want to come. And he said, Mom, we're here. Let's go. So I came in. I just said, God, I just need to hear from you today. I can't do this anymore. And that song where it says, uh, Jesus, I come. And the words he said, they said, thank you, Jesus. Just as I am, I come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your amazing love and i came to the altar and i put my face to the floor and i cried out to god and his love washed over me it says his perfect love cast out fear and his and his love washed over me and i got up and i was free i've never experienced his freedom and then where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom i've never experienced it in all my years the the freedom and I've not started tried to start arguments, and I said, oh, Lord, I know I'm free because I'm not starting arguments. So, so I just give praise to the Lord that we cry out to him, we come to the end of ourselves, and he, he, he answers us, and we give him praise. So I just give him praise, and then I just give him praise.
0: Yeah, let's stand up. Let's stand up and get ready to enter into the presence of the Lord and come just as we are. We come just as we are, Jesus your presence. And we come to the end of ourselves right now. We declare we are at the end of ourselves. And we need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. We We thank you. Thank you for showing up for each and every one of us in Jesus' name.
2: If you're not standing, would you stand with me real quick? Let's just close our eyes. Come on. Let's just lift our hands. Let's just engage the Holy Spirit together one more time. Oh, you're never going to let us down. Oh, there was unction on that song. Come on. Sing that to the Lord this morning. Engage the Holy Spirit. Engage your Heavenly Father and say that from your mouth to Him. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're never going to let, never going to let me down. You're never going to let, never going to let me down. Up inside of you, as we sing that together, as one body. Oh,
3: you're never gonna
2: let, never. Gonna let me down. Oh, you're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let.
4: gonna let me down you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down and you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down and you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down you are never going to you are never going to let me down and you oh, are never going to let you are never going to let me down and you are never going to let you are never going to let me down let me, me, down. me oh, the days of my life never gonna let you never gonna let me die and you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me die and you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me die You're never going to let me die for good, you're good.
2: I'm reminded of when David, how many countless times in the book of Psalms did David say, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. We forget that. We forget that He's good because we're surrounded by an atmosphere of devices that constantly tell us that He's not good. We're surrounded by people and a religion and the world that constantly tries to feed into us the fact that He's not good. But we stand here in this place, we stand here on this planet at the face of adversity and at the face of what they said we should already, global warming and recession and an economic collapse, and yet we stand here unharmed, and we forget that he holds the palm that the, the world he holds the world in the palm of his hand, the very one that created this world is the very thing that it will respond to his voice. And then you go one step further. Jesus said, "As I was, so are we." And yet we stand and we listen to these things that the enemy feeds to us and it just grows and grows and grows until we look at our automobiles and we say it's not good enough we look at our clothes and we say it's not the latest we look at our checkbook or our account and we say we don't have enough I've seen people that don't have enough I've seen people who don't have Jesus. I've seen people with Jesus that don't have enough. And we feed this thing, and I'm reminded of what he said in Hebrews. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels. Remember them that are in bonds as bound. Listen, it can always be worse. It can. It can always be worse. What did we do before we had these? We just got back from, from Disney World, and they still have pay phones in Disney World. And I saw, I'm not kidding you, I saw someone a little bit older, maybe about 13, 14 years old, walk up to the pay phone and pick the thing up and looked at it. Well, you got to use something with a cord because it wasn't wireless i got to use my hands? It can always be worse. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed is undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he said, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. even in the midst of what seems like bondage in your life, He says He would never leave you. Even in the in the face of a circumstance, I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know. I'm sure everybody in this room is dealing with something on some level. But I assure you one thing, it would be a whole lot worse without Him in the midst of it. I've seen life without Jesus, and I've seen life with Jesus. I don't know. I'd rather have Jesus in my life. So close your eyes one more time. Think about someone who's worse off than you are. Think about where you were, what you've come through, and where you're at now. Think about when you were on the bed of affliction and He raised you up. Think about when you were broke and He brought prosperity into your life. I didn't say He brought a million dollars into your life. I said He brought prosperity. Prosperity is simply more than enough, able to give into every good work. Think about those times. Think about those moments. And it's funny to me, He talks about the core things in our life and then He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We've tried it in our own strength. How about we try it in His strength? Oh, you're never gonna let me down. Come on, just thank the Lord one more time. Oh, never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, oh, you are good, good, so good, you are good. Come on, just sing to the Lord, oh, sing to the Lord. Don't sing about
3: Him, sing to So good to us,
2: you're never gonna let
4: me down. Why?
2: Because you're good. You're good. good. I receive your goodness, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Mr. Don, come on up. Where's Mr. Don? I know it seems like sometimes the financial aspect is probably the, the thing that challenges people the most, it seems like. I want to read you this, and then we're going to sing that one more time while we give. He said, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. But Now listen to this. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Whose heart? Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. He's not after your money. He's after your heart. He's after a heart. Let me challenge you with this. If you don't give, it doesn't mean that God won't bless you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Our blessing is not contingent only upon what we do. It's contingent upon what He's done. I think it's a great thing to give. It's an expression of your heart. It's an expression of our heart towards Him. But if you don't give, does that mean that He's going to curse you? How can we curse what God has blessed? I think people need to be freed to give. Freed to give. You don't give grudgingly. Matter of fact, if you're here and you don't want to give, I don't want you to give, and neither does he. I know that's strange for a pastor to say that, isn't it? Because you are not your source; he is your source. He is the source for us. You should get if it's if it's get a gift. Giving is an expression of the heart. Man, I love you, God. I love you. I give because you first gave to me. And if you're not there, if you're not there yet, that's all right. God still loves you. We still love you. God's big enough. He ain't going to get his feelings hurt. He said he died, Christ died for the ungodly. He loves us. So whether you give or whether you don't give, it doesn't take away from what He gave. It just taps you into something that's greater than yourself. It does something more for you than it does for Him. When you give something, in most cases, the gift giver gets more out of the gift receiver because it does something. We were, listen to me, we were created to give. We were created to give. God's nature is giving. We were created to give. Mr. Don, where'd he go? Come on up. Come on, stand with me one more time. Father, as we bring our gifts to you, we honor you. We thank you for what you've given to us. We don't do this grudgingly, and we certainly don't do it out of necessity. We know that you love a cheerful giver. We're not bringing so that you will give to us. You've already gave us. How shall he who did not withhold his greatest gift, which is Jesus, how shall you not freely give us all things? that pertain to life and godliness no 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 we give as an expression of our love as an act of our love towards you that's why we give Lord we thank you for we honor you in Jesus name come and bring your gifts to the Lord So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as it was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord Later on then in that verse it says that when it was that day he departed and went in a desert place and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving but he said to them I must preach the kingdom of God, to other cities also. Because for this purpose, I've been sent. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we unpack this, as we try to crack this open, Lord, I pray for eyes that see and ears that hear what it is that you're trying to say for us, for this season, for this moment in time. Lord, let us not just sit here with ears that are just hearing so that we can say we came and we heard. No, let us hear so that what we hear may transform our lives. So tired. We're so tired of just playing around. We want to be effective for your kingdom in this place for this time, for this generation and so Lord with open hearts and open minds we receive everything that you have for us this morning in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen, amen why don't you grab two or three people next to you and say we about to unpack something about to unpack something. Y'all thought I was kidding? I'm probably going to need two chairs. Before we start unpacking, I don't know if that's going to work or not, we'll see. Before we start unpacking, I want to recognize some folks that are here with us. Uh, Pastor Melton, would you stand up? Pastor Melton and his church are with us from Omega. Simmons First First Baptist Church, stand with you. Y'all stand up. Thank you guys for being here. We're going to tag team preach this morning. Is that all right? I'm going to get it started, and then I'm going to let Pastor Melton come up here and shut it down. Is that okay with y'all? Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because why? I've been wanting to start this new series called Unpacking the Kingdom because we don't understand even what the kingdom is. We think it's a phrase, we think it's an ideal, but really it's a reality of what Jesus had sent. Not only did he come, but it was for this reason that he preached the kingdom. But for us, it is to establish his kingdom upon the earth. Our goal, our number one goal as believers is not to assemble together in this place and then go eat chicken, although that's good. We've said all that before, we know that. There is a greater purpose, there is a greater divine destiny for us than just to assemble together. As one person, we can affect a few, but as many, We can affect many. The kingdom of God is so much more than what we have come to see and experience and understand. Jesus taught it. I'm going to read you some scriptures. Matthew chapter 10, he says this. I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 17, he says this. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied saying this. The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Another translation said the kingdom of God is within you. Turn to your neighbor and say the kingdom of God is within you. And when he had called his twelve to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. As you go, verse 5 says, preaching, say this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received Freely give. How many of you, when's the last time you cast a demon out? When's the last time you raised the dead? Okay, let's go on. Matthew chapter, you don't you, believe, maybe, maybe that's unfamiliar. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28. I want you to see this one. Matthew chapter 28. How many of you know the first words of his ministry and the last words of his ministry are important. The first words are, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And he lists, and then he says, I, for this reason, I must go because I was sent to preach the kingdom of God. Then he begins to delegate some, listen to me, some of that authority, not all of it, because in Matthew chapter 10, when he called the disciples, he said he gave them power. He didn't say all power. He said power, some power. He gave them power to heal the sick, to cleanse the leper, all manner of diseases, right? He gave them some, not all. Because Jesus, before he died and was risen, he was limited in the fact that he had not yet fulfilled the old covenant, the old law. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill the law. Why? Because we couldn't fulfill it. And he knew... That if we were ever going to step into everything that God had called us to be, there had to be something that took place, and that was Jesus. So, Matthew chapter 28, you ready? Verse 18. And Jesus came, spoke to them, and said, All authority. That was the first time in human history where a man said, All authority. Not some. All. Authority. All. You remember I did a Greek study and have studied this out for years. I studied it out for myself. An actual exhaustive definition of the word all in Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, and everything else. Do you know what the literal meaning of the word all is? All. So that thing that has attached itself to your family is covered under? That deficiency that sometimes you see in your wallets or in your bank accounts is covered under? When you walk into a restaurant and someone sitting next to you has a disease, that's covered under? When you see someone oppressed by the enemy, and you know it, and they're in bondage, some kind of addiction, is that covered? So what are we going to do? We're going to unpack the kingdom. We just got back on vacation, so I don't have no underwear or nothing in here, so y'all, it's all right. There's so many different levels and layers to the kingdom of God. And why did I do this? Because I want you to see a picture. When you go home, I want you to understand that the kingdom of God is not just one thing. There's many, many things in it. But for this reason, have we been sent? Acts chapter 1. I want you to go there. I want you to see this. Acts chapter 1. The very first chapter. It says this, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both did and taught, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, which we just got done reading, to whom he also presented himself, alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to what? Now go to the last chapter of Acts, which actually we're writing. Acts chapter twenty-eight. Acts chapter twenty-nine we are writing today. The the church isn't ended. Acts chapter twenty-eight. The very last verse, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus with all confidence, no one forbidding Him. There's more to this kingdom of God than what we've understood. He's called us to preach the kingdom, but how many of you know you can't preach the kingdom if you don't understand what it is? if you don't know what it is, if you keep that thing sealed up and no one ever unpacks it, zip this thing up. No one ever unpacks it. And it just sits right there. It's pretty. You can fit a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of great things in there. But if you and I don't ever lay this thing down and unpack it and start dispersing it, it doesn't benefit anything. And I see believers all the time walking around like this. Somebody help me. Can you help me, please? And they got a suitcase right there full of the kingdom of God, but they've never been taught. They don't know. I didn't know. I went to school. I went to seminary. And I have learned more, it seems like, in actual practical application than I did learning there. Because to learn something is one thing, but to experience it and to demonstrate it is a whole nother thing. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, The kingdom of God is not meek and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's amazing to me how I hear messages from pastors from leaders from ministers and they preach a gospel that i don't see in the bible how come listen i just got back from disney world and i'm telling you people go crazy they're crazy at disney world people will stand in line for two hours just for a ride Don't get me wrong. It was great. We loved it. We had a great time. But it's not going to save me. It's not going to heal me. It's not going to help me with my addiction. It's not going to help me with my financial struggles. But people pay thousands of dollars. We paid a lot of money to go to Disney World we went to epcot one day and then the magic kingdom the second day and the amount of people that we saw walking through that place was astonishing we went with some friends of ours and we were sitting there i'm jumping ahead of myself but we were sitting there and we saw all these people and he said if you really if you really believed that you had the message for them then you would absolutely not be able to stop telling people about this kingdom that you say you're called to. And I, look, and, I, and I thought about that for a moment because the enemy's always trying to put something on us, and Jesus is always taking something off of us. And he said, the Holy Spirit said, quicken me on the inside. And I looked at him and I said, we carry the kingdom of God wherever we go. And I said, we're sitting here on this bench, and that lady right there that doesn't even know we're talking about her, she's going to leave this place different. She may not know what it is, but she will have experienced something because we're here. I got no amens on that one. When you leave today and you go, where you all going to go eat? Do you know yet? You don't know? Home. You're going to go home to eat. When you go out in your day-to-day life, you carry with you, the fragrance. You carry with you the kingdom. You carry that with you. And what the church has done, what religion has done, is it's fastened us down to these chairs. Come on, the bishop talked about last week, I listened to it, he's fashioned us to these chairs so that we never have an impact. Listen, the enemy loves it when you come to church. Traditional. He loves it when you say, I'm going to church. Because as long as you say, I'm going to church, you'll never be the church. As long as you're satisfied with just coming here, you'll never, we'll never step out. And I saw it like I'd never seen it before. I said, we are giving off an aroma that these people don't even know what they're smelling. But they know something because God walks into the room and you know it. If the president, if former President Barack Obama, former President George Bush, or current President, PT, President Trump, walks in that door, I guarantee you the atmosphere changes. Whether you like them or not, you, it changes because they bring with them authority and power and a presence that's so intangible you can't explain it, but you know it when you see it. You can't explain wind, but you feel it, and you feel the effects of it, and you know when it's blowing, and you know when it's not. You can't describe an aroma, but when you walk into our house and my wife is cooking Thai food, you smell it. And everything that has hindered you just falls away because you know you're about to get some egg rolls and sticky rice. Right, what time she going to cook it? Her father-in-law, her father, my father-in-law, was admitted to the emergency room on Thursday or Friday for some things. He had some things going on that was alarming, and we loaded up and we went. And they had him in the emergency room for hours. They ran all kinds of tests, and they said we can't find nothing, so they recommended him go to make an appointment with another. Now you got to remember something about her daddy. Her daddy is from Thailand. He came over from Thailand into America when he was in high school. Didn't speak a lick of English. Grew up in a Buddhist colony. He had the orange and the shaved head. And now he don't ever cut his hair because he's just rebellious. <laughs> Took him in. That this man has never been. The only time he's been to the doctor, and he's fifty four years old, the only time he's been to the doctor is for asthma when he was little. Doesn't go to the doctor. Doesn't go to the hospital. Went to the emergency room, and they said, his, his, his wife, ex-wife, said, you got to take your clothes off. He said, I ain't taking my clothes off. Why well, I got to take my clothes off and put this gown on. He was like, I ain't putting that gown on. Never been. And so we went, and you know, anytime you have to go to the doctor, it's alarming. Your flesh, no matter how much of a faith person you think you are, your flesh responds to the environment that it's in. So we were there, in there for hours, couldn't find nothing, recommending him go to another doctor. So we leave, we go eat, we leave, and we get in the truck, and I've got my mind on a million things. And the Holy Spirit said, call him and help him. And so I called him, and I said, you listen to me, and you listen to me good. Don't you let what they said keep you up at night. Don't you let what they didn't find or what you found keep you up at night. We got you covered, God's got you covered, and we have all authority. You're going to be fine. But why did I say that? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. How do you know you're preaching the gospel? Well, let me show you. Does it, are you preaching the good news to the poor? Are you healing the brokenhearted? Proclaiming liberty to the captives? Recovery of sight to the blind? Setting at liberty those who are oppressed? And proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord? Some of the stuff we preach is not the gospel. The kingdom of God. Is so much more. He's giving us these tools, and so he's calling us to walk around with the kingdom of God and say, hey, how you doing? What you need? Wait, hang on. I got what you need right here. Hold on. I got it. I'm going to give it to you. You need healing. Right here, I just manifest healing right now in the name of Jesus. Not because of what you did or because of what you are, but because of who he's made you to be and who he's made us to be. Years ago when I was a part of a ministry when I was in college, they called it quiet time. And they would ask me, did you do your QT today? Did you have your quiet time? And when I didn't do my quiet time, I was condemned. I was less than a Christian at that moment. But boy, if I did my quiet time and it went longer than it should have, well, then I was a good, blessed man. And the Holy Spirit said to me one day, because I was wrestling with it, and he said to me, he said, "Son, I always love it when he speaks to me, and he says, son, see, that's a term of endearment. That's a term of relationship. He didn't say boy. He didn't say man. He didn't say listen to me. He said, son, I want you to develop a consciousness that I'm with you all the time. He's with me right now. Because the kingdom of God is within me. As I'm talking, I'm asking him, Lord, what's the next thing I need to say? When do I need to turn it over to Brother Mountain so he could close this out? What is it? I'm listening to him. He wants us to do that. This kingdom of God, listen to me, this kingdom of God we carry with us. He's given us all. He said, look, here it is. All authority and power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now you go. There it is. That's yours. That's what he did. He said, okay, here we go. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now Now you go in my name. You've been authorized. Come on now, somebody said amen on that. You've been authorized. I feel stupid carrying this thing around like that. You've been authorized for the kingdom of God for such a time as this. Let me read you this. Kingdom of God is about dominion. It's about the exercise of kingly power in a people, in a territory under kingly rule. You live in this territory, or whatever territory you exist in, you have authority over your sphere, your realm of influence, and the authority that God gives you, you have authority. God never used his authority, Jesus never used his authority, unless it was willingly received from people. But when he set foot and he saw the enemy, you live right here, buddy. Guess what? When you walk, listen to me. When you walk into a room, I want you to picture this. Every demon and every spiritual force in that room shudders. Oh, God. Haley just walked in the room. Guys, be on your toes. Listen. Listen. She just walked in and Jesus is with her. And then one guy goes, oh my God, let's hope she doesn't know who she is. Every time you walk into a room, every time you walk into a restaurant, we've said for years, I don't care what affliction you have on your life. When you come to my house, it has to bow its knee in my house. I can't say that for your house. But in my house, it has to bow its knee. Why? Because... Because the kingdom of God is greater in me than that which is in you. And as long as you're with me, you won't have to deal with that. When you walk into a room, they shudder. They do. Whether you realize it or not, they shudder. They shudder, and they're looking for whether or not you realize, and I realize, what we carry and what we can do. And I said to him, sitting there in Disney World at the Magic Kingdom, At the Tangled ride, I said, I can get up from this place right here, me and you, and we can go lay hands on any person in here, and we can begin to administer the kingdom of God in their life. Jesus didn't do that. He only did what he saw his father tell him to do. But listen to me, the recognition of that always needs to be with us. The recognition of what we carry always needs to be with us. Don't call me. Don't call Brother Bill. Why don't you pray for it? Why don't you rebuke it? Why don't you come And then you call him and say, now listen, I just took care of this. I just want y'all to be in agreement with me. We're talking about believers. I had believers that walked with the Lord for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and they still think that the manifestation of the kingdom of God comes through me. No, the manifestation of the kingdom of God comes through you. If anything, the mandate upon my life is to make sure that your luggage is packed and you carrying it everywhere you go. You should just try it. Just try it. We manifest the kingdom of God in every situation, not because of what we do, but because of who we are And where we've been. Brother Pastor Milton and I were talking, Milton about that no revival in the history of revival since the book of Acts, no revival has ever increased into the second generation. It only goes down. Some people say that the nature of rival is just that, to increase, and then it wanes. But I, I was listening to somebody, and, I, and he rejected that, and I rejected it. I don't believe that's God, because he says that of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. He takes us, he takes us from glory to glory. The challenge has been to take what happens here and transfer it into your daily encounters in life. See, Satan is fine with us being in here. He's fine with us shouting amen. He's fine with us running around, laying hands on each other and praying for you. He's fine with that. What he's terrified of is when you leave this place and you go to the restaurant. I keep saying restaurant. You go to work. You go to work and you're doing your work and you say, what's your name? Helen. Helen. You say, hey, Miss Helen, how you doing today?
1: All right, how you
2: doing? I'm doing wonderful. How's everything with your family? And now she begins to tell me, because we're co-workers, she begins to tell me about the things that are going on. You talk to people, just give them a little crack. They'll take them, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. People are dying to hear. People are dying to tell somebody about the problems in their life. And so she begins to share with me as her coworker now the things that are going on in her life. Now I've got two options. Two. I can either get spooky, so, oh Jesus, thank you Lord. People don't need flakiness. They're not looking for all that. What they need is someone who knows who they are, who can administer the kingdom of God to that situation. And you just say, you know, I know where it worked. I'm going to make sure the boss ain't looking. Can I pray for you just real quick about your family situation? And you just reach in there, and you pull out a little bit of that kingdom, and you just say, Father, I'm asking you. Listen to me. Stop asking people. They came to you she's come to me and she says will you pray for me can I pray for you and she says yes I just stepped into a whole nother level of authority and now in all honesty now this is the way I see it there is the prayer of agreement there is those that if we gather together and we agree there is that but if she doesn't know if she's not walking in it I can't believe I can't expect her to come up to that level so now I step into this place and I say father as your son as your representative of the kingdom of God, I'm asking you to touch your family, touch your life, change your situation, and then I'm asking you that in Jesus' name, amen. That's all you got to do. And then she comes back and she says, uh, my, my family is changed. Can you pray for me about such a, well, yes, I can, Sure. You reach in to the Lord, I'm asking you to bless her finances. I'm asking you to bless her marriage. I'm asking you to bless her children. And now her son that was on crack or, or prescription pills or whatever, now he's been miraculously delivered and don't even know why. All because you and I manifest the kingdom in a non-spooky, non-charismatic, crazy way. That's really all we're talking about. If we could get If we could just understand that when we walk into any room, any situation, any place, we carry with us all of heaven. And anything that anybody needs, we carry with us. Jesus, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. We were at a restaurant couple of weeks ago and I was eating with a friend of mine and my oldest daughter Hannah was with us that's why they're not here my father-in-law came over we're having them cooking dinner and all that stuff so that's where they're at with them to be with them when he got <clears throat> out of the emergency room but I have my oldest daughter with us Hannah she's 12 did y'all just hear me when I said that my oldest daughter is 12. Not 5, 12. Where did the time go? We're sitting there, we're eating, and the guy that we were with, he recognizes the waitress at the restaurant, and he says, do you remember me? She says, no, I don't remember you. He says, I gave you a $100 tip last year. Do you remember? She goes, yeah, I remember that tip. She said, but the guy that gave it to me was a little skinnier and had some kids. He was like, well, that was me. I put on a little weight. He said, how are you doing? She was fine. She, was, she had this limp, like her foot was shorter than the other one. So we get ready to leave, and what does he do? What does he do? What did he do before that? What did he do before that? Huh? Gave her a tip, another one. The meal itself wasn't but like $30. He left her a $100 tip. You don't think she was uh, perked up after that? So he walked over to her. She's standing at the table. We're standing there at the front door. He walked over to her and said, I just want you to know I left you another one. She said, another what? He said, $100 tip. Right in front of the other. Talk about pressure. Just you're eating with your wife. And the guy comes over and says, I left you a $100 tip. You lean over and go, we better do something. We She's going to put her finger in our food. So he, said, he says very gently, he says, How are you doing? She begins to tell. The other people waiting to take their order, she just disconnects from them. She starts talking to him. He says, Can I pray for you? And she says, Yes. Without even hesitating, me and Hannah, we walk over there, we lay our hands, we all put our hands up, and Ben, and my friend, he just goes, Thank you, Jesus. What you talking about in the middle of the restaurant? And we just go, Yes, Lord Jesus, thank you. So, Lord, manifest in her life the healing that she needs, the provision that she needs, and the blessing that you've paid for her. We bless her in the name of Jesus, and we all said, and we all said, amen, and we left. Now, what would it look like if we all did that daily? What would it look like? If I was to tell you that I'm releasing you as a representative of the kingdom of God as a part of the fivefold ministry, I'm releasing you to leave this place today and do that. You don't have to be spooky about it. You can just pray for people without them even knowing you're praying for them. Do some undercover work. How you doing today good? Bless you in the name of Jesus. Oh in the name of Jesus I bless. Him. Listen to me. The kingdom of God is so much more than what we've understood. It's about dominion. It's about the reign. It's about, I don't even tell people, it's not about your prayer to Jesus. Christianity is about giving the lordship of your life to another. And his name is Jesus. And in that lordship, we release all the stuff in us and we allow God We allow him to move and and have his being in us, so that in every place the Bible says we diffuse the fragrance. You know what a diffuser is, right? So we plug ourselves up to that source, and everywhere we walk, we smell, not stink. We smell. We put off that. We put it off. Well, I'm not qualified. I'm not going to teach about it this morning because I'm going to save it for next week. But in John chapter 4, the woman at the well that Jesus encountered, she left that place with a fragrance and with an aroma to such a degree that she testified to the people in the town and they begged Jesus not to leave and he stayed there for two days. She said, I met a man. Y'all got to come here, this man. She wasn't qualified. She didn't go to Bible school. She don't have a degree. Ah, but she had an encounter with the living God. And then all she did was just testify, and that aroma spilled off. She said, Y'all got to come here. This man knew I was married five times. And the man that, I was with, that I'm with now is not even my husband. And never did he condemn her. Never did he say that's wrong. He just diffused his love, and in that love, it was attractive to other people. See, God don't care about your junk. He cares about you. He'll fix the junk. He's already fixed it. He cares about you. He's empowered you, authorized you. Let me read this. I was reading about the kingdom of God, about the apostolic five-fold ministry. Y'all remember what you remember what Bishop said last week? The apostles govern, right? The prophets guide. The teachers ground. The evangelists grow. And the pastor. Come on. What's the pastor do? I forgot that one. He what? Leads, shepherds, loves, guides. Listen to me. So I was reading about that, and it says all of this, the kingdom of God, the apostolic, all of this serves one purpose. Jesus is returning for a bride. For this to happen, the harvest must be brought in and must be cleaned. He's not returning for a bride that he has to heal up and put together like a puzzle in heaven. He is returning for a bride whose body is in equal proportion to her head and whose parts work together in coordination. It's called a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. That's what he's coming back for. In Scripture, anything less is an illegitimate vision. What's the vision? We've been talking about vision and mission The vision, my vision is to see you functioning, to see us as a body. See, we got two churches, bodies represented, but one church. They don't look maybe like us. Stand up, let everybody see how sharp you look at him. He comes looking like this. And I come looking like this. It's all right, though, because we're the kingdom of God. You Turn to someone next to you and look at them with the eyes of you're part of the kingdom. We're part of the same body. We may be in two different locations, but we're part of the same body. He's coming for us. How dull would the church look like if it just looked like me? pretty doll. How would it look if it looked like you? Don't you like the diversity? See, God embraces diversity. See, he, he gives him his gifts. He gives him my gifts. He gives you your gifts so that we can be that expression. Thank you, brother. So that we can be that expression. Anything less is an illegitimate vision. The bride is to make herself ready for that day. As Larry Rudolph puts it, It is a perversion to think that Jesus will dress the bride before the wedding. I don't know about y'all, but I didn't dress my wife before she got married. I had to close, I had to wait. We had to stand behind the door and we took a picture where our hands were wrapped together with our wedding rings, but I couldn't see her on the other side. Boy, I was trying to peek. I got looked later, though, didn't I? Our assignment is clear. And the gifts are in place, and they are all expressions of Jesus himself, but they are simple in purpose. Represent Jesus to the world. The fire of God must rest in the souls of men. Christians without passion are almost as great a mystery as a Christian without purpose. Apostolic people carry fresh fire with divine purpose. They enlist men and women to God's dreams, and in the process, the church steps into her destiny. So I said all that. To give you a foundation. So how do we get to that next? How do we manifest the kingdom of God? Well, there's three things that I see. You ready for them? All right, we'll come back next week and I'll give them to you. Brother Milton, why don't you come up? Milton, why don't you come up and bless us, pray over us, and then we'll get Laurel to come up and dismiss us. But why don't you share a little bit how we met and what God's doing in y'all's life? And Amen. Preach if you need to.
5: Amen. Uh, I'll give an honor to Christ this morning, this evening. I just thank God for uh, the opportunity to be here. Thank God for my wife and family to come with us. We were actually eating at uh, old times, and uh, that's where I actually thought Pastor Thomas resided at a lot of times, because that's the only time I'd met him. Just about every Sunday, we would see each other there in old times, and we have got to talking one Sunday, and uh, he had told me what he Wanted to do, and we started talking about the church. And I said, "Well, we'll we'll come over." And he, he um, hadn't invited us to come. And I said, "Well, yeah, we'll we'll come." And he wanted me to speak to you, and that's why we're we're here. Um, if you give me about ten quick minutes, ten quick minutes. Actually, give me give me give me thirteen and a half. I'm gonna ask my daughter to come bless us with a song, right quick. Um, come on, precious. Come on, precious. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to. Um, word but we were talking about the same thing we were on the same page even with the message it was like wow amen
6: praise the lord everybody (laughs) praise the lord everybody (laughs) amen um can i get my brother that was on the guitar i would play it but i'm not as efficient if he's here if not it's okay Um, During worship today, they were singing the song, You Are Good, You Are Good, and it just made me think about how good our Father truly is to us. He loves us and we're his children, so I'm going to sing a little bit of this song, and if you know it, you can join in with me. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night had you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone You're a good, good father It's who you are It's who you are It's who you are and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good Father. Say it's who you are. It's who you are. Say it's who you are and I'm loved and I'm loved by. It's who I am. Say it's who I am. It's who I am, yeah. And I love this part it says, you're perfect in all love your ways. Oh, you're perfect in all love your ways, Lord. You are perfect in all love your ways. To us. Now come on if you believe it, help us say you're perfect, you're perfect in all love yes you are so perfect to love you are perfect god you're perfect and all love to us to us come on one more time lift it up you're perfect you're perfect now you're always been perfect god you're perfect and love you say to us, to us, oh, you're a good, God father. It's who you are, yeah, it's who you are, it's who you are. And I'm love, say it's who I am, say it's who I
5: Thank you. Thank you. He's perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect, amen, amen.
3: That alone. Woo Woo Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
5: Give me about 10 minutes, I'll get out your way. I just wow. Wow.
3: Wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place.
5: just give me about seven, eight minutes I I know y'all gotta go but do you feel the presence of God do you feel his anointing do you feel his anointing do you feel his anointing do you feel his presence just let him come in and sup with you that's all you got, just just, just let him come in
3: uh,
5: oh my 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 I I got to get out of here I I know y'all gotta go you're perfect in all of your ways.
3: You're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of
5: your ways to us. Even when we're not so good, when we're not so right, you know, in our wretched self, he's still perfect for us. Wow. Oh, wow, wow, I, I got to get out of here, Doc, I got to get out of here, I, man, but do you just feel the presence, Thomas, look what God is doing, do you feel, it? oh man, I know, we got to get out of here, we got to get out of here,
3: woo,
5: and just hear that vibration from that guitar, just, oh, you can feel the anointing, you can feel the anointing, woo, play it, daughter. Play it.
3: A of Roma. do you feel that aroma
5: come on we, we got to get out of here we got to... listen we got to get out of here I'm trying to get out of here, but I just, I just feel the presence of God right now. I, I just feel His anointing right now. And I see what He's doing for this one love church. I see where He's taking this church. He's taking the body. Ooh, let me hurry up and get out of here. Listen. Listen, listen, if you will. Listen, if you will, just, just, just give me a few minutes and I, I promise you I'm going to get out your way. Go with me right quick to the book of Romans number 12. Woo. Pastor Thomas, she was all over this thing here. Yeah. My, 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 my. Romans number 12, and I'm going to read a few and I, I promise you we're going to get right out of here. But it's just the Holy Ghost. It's just the presence of the Lord. It's just the an anointing. Brother Gay, we're all one body. It doesn't matter what side of the track we live on, what, what side of the town we live on. It doesn't matter what you drive. It doesn't matter where you live at. Hello, somebody. It doesn't even matter what you do for a living. Wow. It doesn't matter. It really don't. It really don't. It, it does not matter. You know, Pastor Thomas, when I was talking in the back, and, and that were two words that, that got the church now where, where we're in a direction or we're in a sense and and, and everybody's trying to be, what do we say? Politically correct. Well, I got news for you. I'm not politically correct at all. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm gonna do what thus says the Lord, whether you like it or not. (laughs) I'm trying to be heavenly correct. (laughs) Hello, somebody. Listen, listen right quick. My, my, my. Romans 12, when you get it, say amen. Listen, I want to read down to verse number four. And, 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 and if you're that, let's read it together. Because I don't want anybody to think that I'm talking about them, but I'm talking to you. Beginning at verse number one, we'll find these words. We're going to read one to four together. Listen, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. Listen at number two now, listen at this. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Look at number four. Look at number four. Look at this now. For as we have many members in one body, all members having not the same office. Wow. But with one body. It's one suitcase. But they're different. Each one have a different compartment. Each one of them does something different and it's just like us. We're all in Christ, but each one of us have a different function. You, 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 look, this this is a... I left mine at the Epcot Center down there where I went to see Shamu, <laughs> and we were down there and then I left mine like this. This can't carry everything that you need, in it. but it's a function. Toothpaste, your medicine, your cell phone, your card, that's what... This purpose is for We're all in this thing together, but we got a different function. Listen, listen. The other part here, this is actually still in the same body. We're all in the same body. We all got a different job, but we're all together. Listen here, listen now. Paul says this in the book of Romans. I'm gonna start here. And first of all, you got to know Paul. Paul had been an individual. He'd been locked up, been beaten, been thrown out of the city. He'd been shipwrecked. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Thomas, I know you told him about him, right? He was one that, matter of fact, he been converted, man, you know what I mean? He started off as Saul. He got knocked off an ass. Hello, somebody. Ooh, that's what the Word said. I know somebody said, well, you done cuss. My wife gonna get me, but I'm just reading the book, right? I guess I need to be PC politically correct. It was a donkey. But the word said he got knocked off an ass onto the ground and then he began to see a light that shine on him. Boom! And the word came back and said, Saul, Saul, why dost thou persecute me? It's hard to kick against the prick. What? It's hard. The prick was an object that had sharp things in it, like blades in it, in that time. You got to read the scripture. Nobody wanted to kick you. Just just thinking about it. You're kicking your feet against this thing and it's cutting you every time. And Jesus was telling him, say, now, wait a minute, Saul, it's hard for you to do that. You didn't want to do it. He said, now, listen, listen, you're going to work for me. He converted him on the Damascus Road. Now if you know anything about it and read it, that road was a winding, neandering road and it was above sea level. So his mind wasn't warped. That's what some of those theologians say, but, but it wasn't. God had got him to a point where he got him up, where he can talk with him and deal with him and convert him right then. That's how it is with some of us sometimes. We get to the point, where we get so far up, you know, we kind of get away from God and he had to get your attention. Once you think you way up there, you have to bring it down. That's why you gotta be transformed. Paul, as he went through that, and Jesus began to get rid of him, he transformed him and changed his name then. It doesn't matter what people call you, just like the woman at the well. She was a prostitute. Hell, somebody. Had been with all these men, and, and what, the one she was with wasn't even hers then. Jesus didn't condemn her. As a matter of fact, he didn't stop her where she was going because he met her at the well. <laughs> and the scripture says that of old, that when they would come to the well, see, right now, I guess you, you know, you're waiting on the city of Tifton because you know you're going to get some water, it's going to come out the pipe. But they had to go and draw it, Amen. and he got it out of the well, and that's what Jesus met And they had the conversation, and he changed it just like he did Paul. Yeah. Listen, Paul begins to tell us in his trip to Rome in this 12th letter here. First of all, you're saying, I beseech you that point. In other words, I'm coming to you. By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So sometimes that's some things you got to give up. You got to give up food, which I love chicken, you know what I mean, bake. I'm going to try some of that tofu that your wife's going to cook also, you know. But sometimes you, you got to give up because your body's got to be a sacrifice. That's why you need to fast. Some of you need to fast. I ain't talking about the fast and the furious. You need to back away from the table, but you got to present it a living sacrifice, huh? Listen to what it says. Now I didn't write this. That is going to be holy. Nobody's going to see God unless you're holy. The book says, "Without holiness, no man shall see God." Wow! I want to see Him. Thomas, I want, I want to see him. Not only that, but I got to make it acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. He's not asking you to do something out of the ordinary. It's just reasonable. That's what you ought to do. Wow, wow. And be not conformed to this world. Don't get hooked up, like he said, on a, on a, on a cell phone. Well, you know, let me see what the weather is. Let me see what the temperature is. Let me see who's calling me but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that have to do with anything? You only think about things that you see. You can't think about something that you've never seen. If it's never entered into the mind, you can't think about it. You have no knowledge of it if it haven't entered into the mind. So he's telling us here, You know, let your mind be transformed by the renewing of it. And in other words, you got to pray daily. You got to do this all the time. It's not a one time thing. You got to pray in the morning, in the noon, in the night. Not only for yourself, but you got to pray for people that's going down the highways. Yeah. You got to pray for the guy who done gave you a thumbs up or two thumbs up or the guy who said he's going to do this to you. Pray for the one that done broke in front of you at the line. Hello, somebody. Pray for the one that didn't cut around you and, you know, you got to pray. Well, (laughs) I ain't going to pray for him. Well, you're not going to do the right thing. That's what the book says. Do you know why you have to pray? That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, you don't have to prove anything to me. You got to prove it to the Lord just like just like pastor Thomas said you know people look to us but no you got to pray for yourself it's a daily thing neither one of us have a heaven or hell to put you in we got the map that we can give you to get there but we don't have it to put you in so you got to work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling i listen i love you i'll come by and pray with you i'll pray for you hello but you got to pray for yourself. The Bible declares that the fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. And every time somebody's praying for you, you don't know if they're praying for you or they're praying against you. Amen. Whoa! That's, I'm just throwing that one out there. So, so in other words, now I got to do this to see what the perfect will of God is. Well, I got one for you. Now, you do know what a will is. A will is where somebody get an instrument most time they go to a lawyer and they draw it up and they're gonna leave you something that they have that they want you to have that you didn't work for that's what the will is so in other words we're gonna be in his will meaning that our father which is rich in heaven huh is going to and have decided to leave us something that it doesn't belong to us as a matter of fact this this earth Doesn't belong to us. We're just only passing through. The book said we're pilgrims passing through, so we're not going to stay here. Not if we're Christians. You shouldn't want to stay here anyhow. It's already jacked up, tore up, messed up. Hello, somebody, and you want to stay here and call this home, really? So if we're just passing through, and then said, okay, he's my father, and he's leaving me something, and. I want to be in his will, so to be in his will mean you got to be in the way that you got to have a relationship with him. And there's a difference between a relationship and a fellowship. A fellowship is when you come by, you meet, eat, and greet. And a relationship is when you know God and God knows you. Yeah. There's a difference. There is a difference. Let me hurry up and get out of here. Let me hear Him get out of here. I, 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 I know I got to go, but, 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 but I, I got to do what thus says the Lord. Listen. For I say through the grace given unto me, that every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. And what he's talking about then, sometimes people get out of their character. Listen now, when they think that they have something that they really don't, and they think they're better than somebody, cause it not. Come here Thomas. He used this analogy in demonstration earlier. Just because he's wearing, and I really want to be wearing this today too. <laughs> but because he has on a shirt and pair of jeans and I got on a suit, that don't make me no better than him. It doesn't make him no better than me.. That's right. We're of the same, right. huh? We're of the same. And that's why we got to have the same mind, the same body, the same thought and the same spirit which is in Christ. Hello somebody. That's right, huh? There's nothing in any difference between us, not when we're in Christ, because right. we're in the will mm-hmm. of God. That's right. And the Bible declares, the Bible declares that there's neither Greek nor Jew, Baha'i yeah. nor free. See, when you get to heaven, there ain't going to be no black and white. It ain't going to be no Mexican, Puerto Ricans, and what? No, 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 no. This. Uh, Well, how do you say that? Really? This flesh is not going to enter, but your spirit will. And as a matter of fact, can you tell me what color spirit is? Boom. I hadn't seen it. There's not a color of a spirit. We're going to be one. We're going to be one. And the book says that there's one faith, one Lord, huh? and one baptism for the three, for the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Huh? So that means that there's a the Trinity. Uh-uh. Hello, somebody. We're, there you go. We're what? Three but one. One. Working together for the good to prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. I got to get out of here, Thomas. Can you give me about two more minutes and then I'm going to let you play? Give me two more minutes, two more minutes. Somebody keep time on me. I'm, I'm, I'm. See, I feel the presence of God here. I mean, he said tag team preaching and, and he done tore this thing up and I'm trying to correct it here. You know how it is he's just. A, I'm sitting there listening at him. I said, man, Thomas, I got to get you down over me. I'm saying that in myself. Man, I got to get you and this crew down there because you done tore this thing up here. Wow. For, listen, I say through the grace given unto me, that every man among you, not to think, but to think soberly according to God, has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody don't have the same amount of faith. You may have a little faith. and The pastor got big faith. And the pastor said, okay, the Lord has shown me this and where we're going. You say, Pastor, I can't see it. There's there's trees down there. And the pastor can tell you now oh, there's a road. And you don't have enough faith to believe in him that there's a road there. And you know, you just see trees. But but he's telling you what the Lord says, that he's got the faith, and what you need to do is line up, huh? With the measure of faith that he has. Say, what? Yeah. How can I see that there's a road? Well, that's thing called vision, huh? And it's given to The man or the woman of God first. What you see is the trees, but he see the road because he's going to got a bulldozer over there that you didn't see, that he's going to take them trees out to get to the road, to get to where God wanted him to go. You got to exercise it. You don't see it. Everybody got a different gift. One of yours may be the handle of finances. Her gift is music. Others may be the welcome committee. Others may be hospitality. Others may be making sure that the pastor has stuff that he needs in his, in the study or in the office. Somebody else may be to do our mission work. But they're all in the same body. They're all in the same body. All in the same body. Listen, as I get ready to hasten to my seat and get out your way, let me leave you this. Let me leave you this. And I'm down in number six. Well, let me do five and six and I'm out of here. So we being meaning are one body in Christ and everyone members, not member, but members, huh? one of another. Listen to what Paul says. Having then gifts different or differing according to the grace. See, that's what we're saved by grace. Hmm? That is given to us whether we prophesy Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And 7, 8, 9 goes on and tell you about the rest of them. You have to use what the Lord bless you with. You got to tell the Lord, thank you for what he's done. I don't care how bad it is, how bad it seems, or how bad you think it is. The pastor said earlier, it could be worse. But you got to tell the Lord, Lord, I thank you. I may be going to the doctor, Lord, but I thank you. I got the ability to go to the doctor. What about the person that's in the nursing home that that can't go? Lord, I'm tired of wearing glasses. Well, what about the person that can't see? Lord, I feel tired. I got to walk over here. What about the man that's in the wheelchair? You got to find thanks in everything. And that's why the scripture says, in all things, give thanks unto the Lord with prayer and supplication. It could be worse, it really could. I've seen some places where people don't have food to eat, they don't have a place to stay, and they don't even have clothes. And that's not a third world country, that's in this country I've seen. it, And more particularly in this town, I've seen some people like that. I was to the store the other night, And as I was getting ready to leave, there was a guy, he looked like he's about 55 or so, he came up and said, and I was sharing this with Pastor Thomas back there, that he wanted something to eat. He said, you got a couple dollars? I said, yes, I do. I said, but what do you need? He said, I want something to eat. I said, I'll tell you what, better than that, come on in, I'm going to get you something to eat, and let me tell you where to go so you can always eat. He looked. Say said, what? I said, yeah. I said, let me tell you about the Lord. He probably didn't want to hear it, but after I got through, he said, you know, nobody else told me about Jesus. I said, what? He said, nobody else have ever told him about Jesus. That's the state that we live in, the state of this country. People are trying to be so politically correct. And they want to take Jesus and God out of everything. But I declare unto you, One Love City, that if God ain't in it, I don't want to be a part of it. And I got news for you. If God ain't in it, you better get out of it. When we all, my wife keep hitting me on, telling me about the watch, I don't know if the battery stopped or not, but I know she told me I got to get out of here. Listen. I love you. And as what we say at Timmel Grove, we love them, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. It doesn't matter, and I know some of you all educators back there, I know this don't sound politically correct either, but it doesn't matter how people treat you. You got to give an account of how you treat them. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we're just one body. We're just one body. We're just one body. If you don't ever hear anything else I say as I close and hasten to my seat, if you never hear anything else that I say, you remember this. As long as you have breath in your body, you remember this. Everybody ain't gonna treat you the same. Everybody don't love you. And every hand that's out is not trying to lift you up. But when you do what God wants you to do, you do it God's way. Everything else will fall in place. You might not have enough money, but you got life. You might not live in the biggest house, but you got an eternal home. You might not be on the biggest farm, but you got a green pasture to go to. You might not have the finest diamonds and gold, but you're going to a city where the streets been paved with gold. That's what you got to realize. I don't care what the politicians say. I don't care what the pundits say. But all that matters to me is what God says. It doesn't matter what they think about you, what they call you, or how they treat you. Stay with God. He's gonna take you somewhere you've never been.
2: Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branch. If you abide in me, the holy, acceptable Under God comes when we present. That's all he's wanting you to do. Just picture this. Let's present ourselves to him fresh and anew this morning. Come on. Let's just position ourselves right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we position ourselves before you. And we say as an act of our free will, which is is what you freely gave us. the beginning we position ourselves and we say we give you authority we give you a dominion we give you the lordship we present our bodies we present who we are everything that encompasses who we are our minds our will our emotions our body we present it to you We thank you that holiness and sanctification comes through the blood of Jesus. You are the vine. We present ourselves, and we decide, and we make a choice to stay connected to that vine because that's where life flows. And as we leave here, we decide to take with us the kingdom of God wherever we go, Listen to me. We manifest. I'm asking you, I'm commissioning you, we're commissioning you to manifest the kingdom of God where you go. He said it was so important that he said for us when we pray, that we pray like that. Father, your will be done. Your kingdom come. We manifest the kingdom of God right now in this place. Is anybody in here that is sick, whether it's cold, you got a pain, you got anything in your body, is anybody here this morning like that? Raise your hand. All right, come on, body. Let's gather around them. Gather around. Hold your hands up. No, just stay right there where you are. you fine. Hold your hands up. All right, now, you, now the body, turn around and lay hands on them, wherever they are. If you're sick, if you're hurting, lay hands on them right now. Listen to me. Lay hands on them. Father, we're being obedient to what you said. You said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We manifest the kingdom of God right now. Sickness, disease, germs, bacteria, chronic illnesses, whatever it may be, you leave right now in Jesus' name. We manifest the kingdom. Sickness and disease and pains and arthritis cannot function in the kingdom of God, we manifest that right now in Jesus' name. Healing. Release, release it with your mouth. Say, I release it right now. I release the kingdom of God. I manifest the kingdom of God right now. Now listen, if you got prayed for, raise your hand if you got prayed for. Where are you at? Now you go, and like Peter said at the gate, he said, silver and gold have I none. He wasn't saying that he was broke. Go and manifest that now. I dare you. Oh, I dare you to find somebody that's sick. I dare you to find somebody that's hurting. And just ask him, can I pray for you? And you release that thing and tell me that I dare you to do it. I I never dared anybody to do anything like that, but I'm telling you, I dare you to do it. Try it, because it's Him, not you. It's Him. Just say, Father, I present my body, and I say in the name of Jesus, can I pray for you? Release that in Jesus' name. Come on, Miss Laurel.
0: You know, I'm just curious, those of you that got prayed for it, anybody tell a difference in your body? Raise your hand if you felt something or tell a difference in your body. Anybody? Back there, Mr. Freddy Gut, over here. See, Jesus was manifesting his healing, y'all. In Jesus' name, it works. It's real. He's alive. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, are we ready to go out and be the church? Be the church. Be the church. Be the church. Um, a couple quick announcements. A couple quick announcements. Um, we had talked about next um Friday and Saturday is Tipton's um, Rhythm and Ribs um, in the park, and we had talked about maybe having some music and and a table and having church out there next Saturday. But we're not able to do that right now. They don't have applications for the music and the the regulations and everything you have to do to prepare the food. We're just not. It's kind of out of our league. And so we are going to have church next Sunday right here. Well, we're going to gather. You are the church. I'm going to fix my terminology in jesus name so we will be gathering here next sunday at 10:30, and we are just so honored to have our guests with us today oh my gosh it's nice to meet more family more family members more family members we have one father don't we we are one family we are brothers and sisters Amen, amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for the word that's gone forth and for what the work that, Holy Spirit, you have done this day. And I ask that you seal it, seal everything that was accomplished this day by the Spirit as we walk forth a new liberty, a new confidence, a new release of our calling and of our giftings. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, go be the church. Amen, 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 amen.